It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest star Juliet Prowse. Kermit to allow them to do a number and then make various demands. Menomina, eating a tire to Flight of the Bumblebee. Juliet Prowse dances to the second half of Scott Joplin's Solus. Mind if I smoke? You and I and George. Juliet Prowse of Frog. Kid Fozzie comes to town. Scooter sings Simon Smith and his amazing dancing bear while Fozzie dances. Temptation by the Muppets Glee Club. Hello! Welcome! Welcome to our first time here at the Muppet Show podcast. Doug, what's the uh, name of this podcast? It's time to watch the Muppets. It's time to watch the Muppets. And we just watched the Muppets. I'm Doug. I'm Megan. You're Megan. And we just watched the Juliet Prowse episode of the Muppet Show, which is, I think, the first episode. It's at least listed as the first episode as far as our the DVD set that we're using right now. Depends on who you're asking. Yeah, all the episodes aired in, I guess, a different order depending on what region they were aired in. So this is considered the first episode for us here, but it was not the first episode everywhere else. Very strange. I don't exactly follow, but we knew know like, that this aired, what, April? It aired April 23rd, 1977. Yes. This is considered the first episode. It's one of the pilots. I think it said in one of the things that I had read that it aired later in the series because it was, um, I guess, a little rougher. So they wanted to put like a better foot forward with some of the later produced episodes where they, I guess, they kind of got their stride. That makes sense. It's hard to uh, put out a pilot and have yeah. people actually like it. We're respond. literally trying to do that right oh, now. Yeah. I forgot. So maybe we'll have to do two pilots that never get released, just like The Muppet Show. Yeah, we'll probably have to do or that. Or we'll release them, no one will listen to them, uh-huh. and then we'll keep recording, and then pawn one off as our first episode when Sounds we get like to like... an absolute plan. An absolute plan. Great idea. So, um, I guess I'll start really quickly with just saying that I'm Doug. I am um, the co-owner of our comic book shop in Madawan, New Jersey. I am a longtime Muppet fan. Ooh, I have an idea. What was my first, like, foray into the Muppets? I think I, I mean, uh, probably the Sesame Street. I was obsessed with Sesame Street as, like, a little kid. And then I probably gradually got into the Muppets through watching, like, Muppet Babies. I don't know if it was on we'll currently. We'll make your dreams come true. <laughs> or if it was, or if they were reruns. I don't know. When you're a kid, you don't really know what I'm pretty sure is, right? the Muppet Babies started in either 89 or the early 90s, so they probably weren't reruns when we were watching them. And then, like, for how long did they run? This is, like, the original animated Muppet Babies, not this, 94. like... So... But you tell me, Dr. Google, because I'm... I really don't know. <laughs> it says here 84 to 91. Oh, wow. 
84 to 91. That's crazy. So then we were watching reruns. Probably, right? Yeah. And then I remember watching The Muppet Show for the first time in the mid-90s. I think they used to air it after The Muppet Babies. I thought that they aired them on like a Saturday on one of the lower channels. Like a number seven or something. Yeah? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that... I'm Megan. Hi. Um, (laughs) And I know that I watched The Muppet Babies before I ever saw The Real Muppets. Yeah. Like you have better knowledge of like who Kermit, Piggy, Rolf, Gonzo are from their baby cartoon form. And I was very confused because I'm like, wait, they're babies. I don't understand how they're grown-ups now. Have you ever watched, I mean, in recent years at least, The Muppets Take Manhattan? Not in recent years. Because the Muppets Take Manhattan is where, like, the it's almost like a secret backdoor pilot for the Muppet Babies comes from. There's, Get like, out. this weird-ass song that they sing in the nursery as their, and their baby, like, actual physical I Muppets. I actually remember that. Yeah. And it's, like, that must be where, like, the seed was planted to make the animated series. I wonder if that's in the comic that you gave me recently. Oh, yeah. So I found a set, as I said, I own a comic book shop. I found a set of the three issues that make like the I guess the entire plot of Muppets Take Manhattan in comic book form and gave them to Meg. I also love the Muppets. Kind of obsessed with the Muppets. Kind of love all things Muppets. Definitely do. So you say you think the Muppet Babies also is like your... Muppet Babies Sesame Street of course and then I mean not too long after I was watching you know the Muppet Show as well. I can remember like one time when I was really like in a stroller a little and I had gone to JCPenney in the mall, and I got like all of these little Muppet—not Muppet, but Sesame Street character dolls—and I had them like all in my arm, like being pushed through the mall, that is so <laughs> like cute. Ernie and Cookie Monster and all of them. Wait, I'm having a thought. Did the Muppet Show come on at Nick at Night? Like, was that the maybe, first show? Maybe it was like a transitional from for Nick at Night. Maybe that's where I'm thinking too. That would make a lot of sense. I'm having like, vague, it's like, vague memories. Because while we were watching the episode, you had mentioned that you feel like it's a, it was a family show. Like yeah. it wasn't. They definitely are trying to do like uh, prove that these characters are for adults. Because this is airing in, in time with Sesame Street existing. So it's like this is like Jim Henson was clearly on a mission to make adults love puppets. Yeah, I mean they put it on SNL in '75. Yeah, you know, it's so weird. Yeah, there. They struggled with a long time to figure out where to put these characters, and even in the creation of their own show. So this for this episode starts off right out the gate with um, Scooter and Muppy trying to convince Kermit to allow them to do a number on the show. And apparently, Scooter's dad, Scooter's or uncle, uncle, yeah, he like is, owns the theater. theater. Yeah. So Kermit's hands He's are pretty a much rich tied. Kid. He's he, a rich uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, your dad, your uncle owns the theater. Uh, so he's, like, kind of forcing Kermit's hand to let him do some, like, probably lame song on the show. Because his uncle owns the theater. probably how Army Hammer got famous, too, right? It's definitely how Army Hammer got famous. Yeah. When I found out that Army Hammer was literally, like, the heir to Armand Hammer. Yeah. I got mad. Because I'm like, your name sucks. Your family named you after, like, their brand so hard 
It's terrible. It is terrible. And then he's apparently terrible, too. Is he really a cannibal, though? He just has cannibalistic fantasies, which isn't necessarily the problem with him. The problem with him is that he led these women he slept with into his fantasies, and then I think ghosted them after. Uh Uh-huh. What a creep. Yeah. He just got canceled this past weekend. Did you see that? No. He got canceled pretty hard. So right after we have Scooter and Muppy trying to convince Kermit to let them do a show... Kermit then introduces Menomina, which was... Yeah, it's... Why is that such a huge it's thing? It's ubiquitous. Yeah, it is. It, it is. really, really is. I remember a few years ago when they were, like, promoting the new Muppet movie with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams, they were, like, they redid that and it's everything. Stuck yeah. For whatever Was it reason. in a car commercial, too, for, like, the Super Bowl a few oh, years yeah. ago? I feel like I remember that. It gets recycled throughout yeah. the years. It always does. Somehow it's becomes so timeless and it that it exists in like the original pilot is bizarre too. It must because have been... there's nothing else in this that like stands out like that. And I, it's such a timeless thing to be in the first episode is crazy to me. Oh my gosh. I feel like imagine being a person seeing that on TV for the first time and being like like what? Like what? Yeah. What was that? I don't know. It's very, very odd too. It's got like a, um, I don't know, like a, um, what do you want? to It's like a weird humor to it too. Like it doesn't really make any sense. It's not it's anything. It's them like goofing around. Yeah, it's nothing. It's so strange. It's very like late night sketch writing. Yes, it's like the Over last tired. sketch of SNL. Yeah, it's it's you don't air you don't lead with that. No, no, you close with it because you're like I don't know anything this else. This is all I got. Do you remember Sesame Street when Kermit would do a crossover on Sesame Street? Did I imagine that? No, Kermit like lived on Sesame Street, I think, as far as that show was concerned, because he was like a news reporter. Yes, he would he wear was like a, a trench coat and like the hat with like the you know. Yeah, he he was a crossover character. Yeah, he would do the news there. Okay, so then after we have Menomina, Gonzo does an act where he's gonna. This is the most bizarre thing to me too. This show. He eats a tire. That it gets made is bizarre. Well, he tries to eat a tire. And was this like... It was was popular. It had to have been popular. They made so many episodes of this. So yeah, Kermit... Not Kermit. Gonzo decides that he's going to eat a tire to the flight of the bumblebee. You know what I'm excited to talk about throughout these podcasts is the character development of each Muppet. When they first... When, like, Gonzo comes out and he's like, oh, they don't understand art. I'm like, oh, he's like a circus performer he's like a he fancies himself like an artist oh yeah he's an artiste mr gonzo and like they don't get it they're idiots Mm -hmm. i'm gonna stand here and eat a tire i don't (laughs) i think it's funny too that kermit's sort of like the straight man and then he also does a thing yeah he's like an unhinged straight man yeah yeah he's very like he's He's very straight white man of that time, though. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> Kermit's the good in. guy. Yeah, is what he's, a, good he's guy. a nice guy. He's like, can I get a little kiss, though? Yeah. Uh, he would totally get me too, though. He, oh, yeah. yeah. We're, I would not be surprised if, like, the Muppets came back in some way and Kermit does get me too. That'd I mean, be really funny. To be fair, like, every man back then, probably, that was the culture. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, I imagine a lot of it, like, those little interview things, that had to have been. A little bit improvised, right? To keep it kind of natural and mm-hmm. free feeling. When he's sitting there with Juliet and he like does that whole, you know, spiel back and forth and then does ask her for a kiss, like that's this woman acting against 
you know, a hand. A hand. And it's so funny because obviously Jim Henson is obsessed with the idea of humans interacting with puppets. Uh-huh. Muppets. Yeah. Like, I sort of love that. Like, Sesame Street is so great, too, because the, you know, live action people are real people. I mean, they're with Yeah, the and they just live amongst them, yeah. and it's not weird. But I don't think or... it was like that at first. Yeah. No. Which is also reminding me of, like... You know, that, I think, paved the way for other things, like Shining Time Station, which was, like, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. It's, like, the live people with, like, then they go to, like, Fantasyland. Which, yeah. Sorry. And I even this kind shows. of exists before, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and stuff, where, oh, yeah. like, people live amongst cartoon what characters. What's the other one? Cool World? Cool World. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, a hornier no. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit for life. So then after we get Gonzo trying to eat his tire... To know, you know, audience acceptance. Juliet Prowse does a dance to Scott Joplin's Solace with those, like, incredible, like, lime green gazelle That was beautiful. That was so well done. That had you been done on two different stages, right? Like, because I think that those, the, those gazelle were dancing separate to her because then she, like, even, like, dances and disappears off the background which was kind of weird that was weird but they moved so like fluid and like it was it was really well done and it's so strange that like this sketch show just like take a pause in the middle for like a ballet routine well you know what i think that that goes to show you that it was made in the uk yeah there's something very sort of like european british about it and not so american because I mean, it, it, there was a level of, like, taste and class. Mm-hmm. Like, not to be like that against Americans. No, it's, <laughs> it's like a weird, like, piece of art that exists in the middle of this comedy sketch and variety. And it wasn't even on PBS. Thing. Yeah, exactly, right? It was, like, aired on just regular, regular old TV. So, that brings me to ask, who is Juliet Prowse? Were you familiar with her beforehand? Because I'd never heard of her. No, but she had this, like, regal air to her, and she definitely looked like a performer. Yeah. She was in a film with Elvis called G.I. Blues. She was in Can Can. She's in, like, all of these incredibly old-sounding things like that. I. And then, of course, you look her up, and she did episodes of Murder, She Wrote, The Love Boat, Amazing. Fantasy Island, like, all of those crazy staples from... Her. She the 80s up, and 70s. Working. But, uh, yeah, I was absolutely not familiar with her beforehand, which I'm sure is like a... I wasn't. It's just it's just on me that I wasn't watching mm-hmm. these movies from I the mean, 50s. Some of, and... some of the 70s performers I'm familiar with because they were guests on SNL, and I uh-huh. was pretty much obsessed with the original SNL cast. Coming up, we have a Candace Bergen episode, oh, speaking of, which I'm sure that. is great. Okay, so then... After she dances, they do the uh, at the dance sketch where the you know the Muppets are dancing, ballroom dancing with one another. It kind of becomes a little bit of a recurring thing, and um, that is kind of like a laugh-in esque sketch. It's very laugh-in, mm-hmm. yeah. Where it's just like there's the through line is just a couple of little silly jokes, and then that's it. And that's it's quick and that's easy it. check-ins. Yeah, yeah, it's like a almost like a um, it's a very transition of the time. Yes. Yeah, like just quick little like I don't know, usually the kind of safe was, jokes or it like, was fun though. It was yeah, like, and like kind of like the dad grandpa jokes. It was like 
what did she say? I feel like I'm light on my feet or I haven't been on my feet. Yeah, and he's like, because you've been standing on mine the whole time. Yeah, it's like very stupid, silly (laughs) jokes. But then after that, they did that segment with Rolf that apparently was exclusive to the UK cut of the episode where Rolf sings the song You and I and George. And I thought that was bizarre and I loved that. Did your your parent? well, your dad was Boomer. Your mom is, you know, Gen X. She's Gen X, yeah. You, I mean, it really depends on your behavior. I think my mom's the same. Like, my mom's like, <laughs> my mom's on the cusp. Uh-huh. My dad definitely a boomer. But anyway, yeah. they were like kind of obsessed with like telling me about the culture and the coolness of their time and mm-hmm. everything that was in and how yeah. it was in their day. And when shows like this would come on, they would like go on and on and on about about who this person is mm-hmm. and what they do and why this joke is actually funny that you're like yeah. not getting yeah. because. If you knew, it's Sullivan reference. If you, That's an old blah, 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 Yeah, reference. if you knew these six things, then you would die at that yeah. joke that just happened. Your parents like Yeah, exactly. Like, and it, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that is, unfortunately. Right. Because these early episodes, we were talking earlier, these early episodes don't, they suffer from not having the recurring sketches. Like, Pigs in Space hasn't aired yet. And yeah. all these other more classic they bits really that they did. They really do work it out as they go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when you watch, like, you know, other old sketch shows. Like, they find their footing as you go. Yeah, they really do. And the thing is, is, like, satire using puppets, like, they, I think they found out that that's a huge win. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was looking up other things that happened around this time, I thought it was really, really important to note that um, this episode aired and the number one movie in the box office was Rocky. Rocky had been number one at the box office for 21 weeks by then. It came Dang. out in December. And in April, it was still... Did it come out on Christmas Ro- Day? Did they it do came that? out. It came out early December. I think it said oh. December 3rd. Okay. So that, that movie like kept sh- that strong through April. Well, they sure weren't churning them out, like those blockbusters, the way that they do now. Yeah. It's like Speaking a factory, of, though, now. In just a few weeks after this episode aired, Star Wars comes out. <gasps> And Frank Oz becomes, like, what? The most famous person in the Has world? Has to have, right? Oh, well, no. Oh, he's, he's not in he's that not one. not in that one, no. I forgot that Yoda's not in the first one. I definitely forgot Yoda wasn't in the first one. So there's right? hardly any Muppets in the first one, right? No, there's... Oh, they well, did, I didn't think... Didn't they do the creatures? They, yeah. We, yeah. But I think R2-D2... Does he count as a Muppet? R2-D2 probably is a Muppet. Like, to a degree. A Muppet, yeah. Like, there's, like... Muppet interworkings, I'm sure. I mean, but Jim Henson... Like, to the performance. ...was involved. Yeah. Well, because there's even, like, all those creatures in, like, the, um... In the cantina and stuff. I imagine there was a lot of help creating... It's, it must have been the so exciting back then, like, during that time, to, like, be... Like, create... Like, a lot of people were creating their own universes. Like, yeah. Jim Henson literally created his own universe. Mm-hmm. You know? And then... Star Wars. He created his own universe and with, Lucas, his, with his, like, crew of people. They created their own version of puppeteering. Oh, yeah. And all that. Like, it's, it's, and, like, I don't know. I put the Muppets up there with, like, other sketch troops, like the Second City and the UCB and stuff. Like, they, the Muppets are their own form of comedy. They do their own, like, I don't know. They do their own. Yeah, and they have like a mix. They take like Fozzie shows up with the old vaudevillians. Yeah, act, you know? yeah. Um. So uh, aside from Rocky, these are the top five songs nice. on the Billboard Hot 100 that year. Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. I don't know that one. 
Oh, yes, you do. It's like, Southern Nights. Oh, I definitely know that one. Um, Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell feels like he's got to show up in one of these episodes. Like, he just feels like absolutely in the Muppets realm. Um, Hotel California by Eagles. Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston. Do you know that song? Yeah. I cannot picture that. Then, um, When I Need You by Leo Sayer and I've Got Love on My Mind by Natalie Cole. Those are the top five songs. Nice. When I looked up uh, some top songs from other episodes, I think Casey and the Sunshine Band was one of them, and it was was definitely like disco-y. One of the episodes that I'm really excited to get to is the Elton John episode, because I remember watching that for the first, the Crocodile Rock performance. I'm sorry, that is epic. Yes. It's so good. With all the Crocodile Muppets singing the, like, the la part. I love that. Such a good, and he is, like, fully decked out. He looks absolutely insane. He's, like, fully the rocket man with, like, the feather mask and, like, mm. all that insanity. The 70s was such a flamboyant time. What a weird ass I wish time I could too. go back to the 70s, though, just to kind of, like, not, you know, not to deal with, like, the women's, like, political issues at the <laughs> uh-huh. time. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, SNL came out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The Muppets came out in the 70s. You, you want to, like, just go back in time and absorb the weird culture. Yeah, like, the there's, 70s. like, a lot of weird, weirdo culture. Uh-huh going on back then. I love it. Okay, so I'm going back to the episode. So after we get You, Me, You, and I, and George by Rolf. Uh, oh yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> they do that western sketch, Kid Fozzie Comes to Town. They really leaned on Rolf in this episode, and I wonder how long they're going to do it for, because since supposedly America knew his character already. Yeah, Rolf is one of the core Muppets, I would say. He is. But he's he not is. always one that I think of right off the bat. I don't know why. I don't always love his sketches, either. Uh-huh. Like, he's yeah. okay. I mean, I think I think some of them get better, mm-hmm. but, like, these two sketches in this episode, they weren't my favorite. He has more of that, like, he's like the piano man, like, from the Billy Joel song. Yeah. Like, literally, people are supposed to, like, go up to him tell them their woes and like he plays them through it kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's like fun but that is fun yeah I don't know I like I don't picture him like when you say like oh the Muppets he's not one of the first ones that comes to mind you know yeah, he is in Muppet Baby to me though yeah that's what I'm like I can't I don't know he is obviously like one of the main Muppets <laughs> but he really isn't and he is one of the main players in Muppet Babies yeah but he's not like the first thing that comes to mind for me where it's you know Kermit, Piggy, Gonzo, Fozzie mm-hmm. you know like those are like the four to me yeah but then yeah like Rolf and then is... when I think about the music in the Muppets I think about Electric Mayhem yeah you don't picture Rolf Rolf with the piano even though that's like more recurring than the Electric Mayhem very interesting so the one thing that really stood out to me at the end of that, um, what do they call it, Kid Fozzie Comes to Town, <laughs> is it ends with an explosion, which I do think the Muppets use a lot as like a literal pull cord out of a sketch. Like, we don't know how to end this, so what if we just Boom. blew somebody up? <laughs> and then that's it, you're done, move on. That's somebody's weirdo personality. Yeah. It's gotta be. <laughs> so then after this, Scooter sings, 
Well, George Lucas with his transitions. Oh, my God. How about we get a hard swipe going here? (laughs) Star swipe (laughs) out of this scene. Like, yeah, like characters stop talking and then it's like, well, I don't know how to... But move Star on Wars to the next thing. The so what is You watch any movie and you're like, if they added swipes to this, you would laugh. Yeah. But Star Wars, you're like, you expect them. Even in like the most recent ones, they did it they too. Have to. And it's it is bizarre that I think the Mandalorian had weird swipes. Mm-hmm. And it it wouldn't. I don't know. You'd you'd miss them if they weren't there. Yeah, of course, it's a part. It's part of the Star Wars. Uh... So then we have Scooter, and he sings Simon Smith and his amazing dancing bear because Moppy Muppy the dog. Decide he walks Scooter's off and boring. refuses. Scooter is boring. And you know what? And they knew that in Muppet Babies and they added Skeeter, right? Yeah, Which they is needed like to the give him version. And of she's like the yin to his yang. Like she's more fun and outgoing and crazy. Yeah. He needs a Skeeter. Yeah. I know. I have they ever put Skeeter in an actual Muppet thing other than Muppet Babies? I don't know. I don't I can't picture her like I wanna say in real life. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right? in real life, not drawn. I don't know why she's never been in anything, because he's a he's a drip. He's a drip. <laughs> but you know what? Muppet Babies, I wonder how much he, Jim Henson himself, had to do with Muppet Babies. I don't know. Because I don't really think he had to do a whole lot with it. Mm-hmm. He must have voiced Kermit for it, though, right? Oh, maybe he didn't, because maybe it's, like, kind of a babier Kermit voice. I haven't seen the Muppet Babies in years. We should probably I know. watch an episode We of definitely Muppet are going to have to, because I'm thinking about it now, too, and I can't think of how anyone I just, sounds. Except for Piggy. Yeah. I know how Piggy sounds, and she's very sweet sound, but don't you sound like, Rah! She, like, yeah, she, like, rages out. So then after we have the final, I guess you want to say, like, sketch of the show... Where Mu- Kermit tries to have a Muppet Glee Club, and they that sing cute. "Temptation." And while we were watching it with the Muppet morsels on, this was the first inkling of Piggy and Kermit's relationship. Mm-hmm. That Piggy has feelings for Kermit were first professed in this sketch. One of the funniest things that we noticed was with through the morsels, they pointed out that you could actually see one of the Muppeteers' face. Fully. It was fully bizarre, is during, what it was. He was looking right into the camera. During the final moments where Piggy is like scream singing at Kermit, we have to professing her love. Yeah, we definitely have to. The photo of just this. It was really creepy. I guess he was he was controlling one of the chickens, he right? He was like looking straight into the camera. Yeah, it was really, really bad. It was weird, especially because they said they had monitors on their feet. Uh huh. And he's looking into the camera. And Not just before. That aired, I was going to say, like, this scene looks amazing that there's, like, there was, what, like, eight characters? Oh, the blob. More than that. There was, like, ten characters, I think, going at the same time, and yet it seemed like no one was in anyone else's, like, you know, you weren't going to see a person in the shot, and then... There we go. Right there, you can see I his whole face. I actually laughed out loud at that sketch. I thought it was so funny. Piggy it was, was funny. Like, in Kermit's face. That might have been one of the it funniest so things funny. of the episode, right? Was, like, it, I have to say, that was my favorite sketch of the episode. Yeah. Hands down. It was very funny. I definitely, definitely, definitely agree. And then we end with uh, a bit that stays recurring for a little while. Juliet gets, I guess, gifted or presented a Muppet of her likeness, which was Wait, weird. they didn't do that for a while, and then that Muppet was like, can I come home with you? That was that so weird. Out. I actually hated that. Like, she has no house. I was scared that, for that Muppet. I was like, oh yeah, no. Yeah, she was really, really, really weird. Yeah. She was like, 
can I come home with you? And Juliet was like, okay. That's so weird. You think they... Do you think she went home with her? Do you think she took well, her home? Well, if he if she did, I'm now imagining, like, my favorite episode of Seinfeld, where George's mom is that, like, doll. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, that's my favorite episode of Seinfeld, because it makes me feel so weird inside. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like... The, it's like the only sci-fi episode of of Seinfeld. I, I haven't watched like. that one in so long. <laughs> anyway, so, this is about the Muppets, not <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> this episode, all overall, I think it was fun. Yeah. I can understand why this wasn't the true pilot. So, it looks like depending on what you follow, the Joel Grey episode was the first episode aired. So, we'll get to that one. I think third. Wait, Joel Gray, he's not a dancer as well. I think he might be. Joel Gray, also a dancer. Interesting. Yes. And he... Is he British? Was in Cabaret. No, he's not British because his last name is spelled with an A. Not he's from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> if he were British... He would be G-R-A-Y. E-Y. He is G-R-E-Y. Oh, I thought he was A-Y. Yes. Oh, okay. So he was an actor for in the Broadway version of Cabaret... He was also in... He was in a ton of stuff. He was in Wicked? How was he in Wicked? Not that Wicked. No, yeah. The Wizard of Oz musical Wicked. Oh my god. This is like when you... He played the wizard... Wait, I'm sorry. He originated the role of George M. Cohen in the musical George M. in 1968. And the Wizard of Oz in the musical Wicked. He was the wizard in Wicked. I didn't know there was a wizard in Wicked. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Wait, but I'm confused. Is this back in the day? No, well, no, because Wicked's so. not that old. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, wait It's a only minute. like maybe 20 Yeah, but at most, right? But remember when you were a kid and you thought that everything was new and Yo. then your parents told you that you were stupid and that things were not new? I... Not that you're stupid. As a kid, <laughs> used to think period pieces were literally filmed in that period. <laughs> that's adorable. And... Like, so if I watched a movie about World War II, yeah. it was filmed in world during World War II. Yeah, they had drones. <laughs> yes, in real life. That's when they filmed that movie. Like, I didn't get it. I don't know why I thought that, like, the Ten Commandments, yeah. like, I remember watching that, thinking that well, that was filmed all those years ago. <laughs> I'm... Was very stupid, Most Megan. looked like that for real. Wicked came out in 2003. Yeah. So he was in... He was still acting in on Broadway. He's alive as well. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. Oh, good. So, yeah, we'll get to his episode, which will be the third episode that we end up doing very soon. Very soon. Megan. We'll be back. <laughs> I think this was a as strong a pilot as we could do. It was as strong a pilot as that episode was strong. So hopefully I, there's one funny bit in there. I completely <laughs> agree with you. We did as good a job as they did putting out the first episode of the Oh, Muppets. yeah. I mean, our blocking was just as good. Yes. Perfect. We're... Maybe you saw our face. <laughs> but you know what? We tried our best. And so, we're having fun. Yes. Please join us next week for episode two. Where we'll be covering the Connie Stevens episode. Boop boop be doop. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>